morning. Have you ever uh, have you ever gotten an email or a text and it just totally confirmed your life? It just totally confirmed your purpose, what God's called you to do. I got one of those texts last night. I had a friend of mine that I had the opportunity to uh, to lead to a relationship with the Lord probably four years ago. He had called the church and just said, I need to talk to somebody. My life's a mess. And I got a chance to meet with him over the next couple of months, and I led him to Christ in my office. And uh, I, I walked with him. I kind of discipled him and came alongside him and, and encouraged him. And he just grew like crazy. And I hadn't seen him or talked to him in about 18 months. And uh, I happened to text him yesterday. I don't know why. I just was coming home from a funeral that I had done yesterday. And I just said, hey, just thinking about you. How are you doing? And I didn't hear back, and I started to worry a little bit. And last night, before I went to bed, I pillowed my head. And I got this text from my friend Ed. And he said, man, I'm doing awesome. He said, it's amazing. I talk about you all the time and the testimonies that I give. He said, I've started my own ministry. He goes, I have a prison ministry in Lansing, in Lansing, Kansas. And he goes into the prison there and he ministers to people and he tells about how God changed his life. And I turned and I showed Heather this text. I said, I could ball right now. I said, this is what it's all about. This is so awesome that I had a chance to be there for my friend Ed. And so I got that yesterday and just confirmed. And today we're going to talk about some things that hopefully will encourage you. And, and today, I, as, I, as I thought about it this week, I was kind of faced with the fact that today is really a very challenging topic in the sense of this. What I say today can have a very, hopefully, big impact on the rest of your life. If you'll take what I share with you today... You can either do some great things for Jesus and the Lord or decide you don't want to and end up maybe not doing anything for the Lord. So as I wrestled with that, I thought, Lord, give me words. I want to make sure that what I share is something that will be impactful for these folks for years to come. Now, God's work is serious, but it's fun at the same time. So I hope today as we were challenged, we'll also be encouraged and have a good time as well. I got a, an email this week from another friend of mine who's a missionary in Guatemala. And he shared this story of a father and a husband. Now, this father and husband was actually just sent into an alcoholics treatment center there in Guatemala City. And I met his son. This, this alcoholic father has a son named Enrique. And Enrique is awesome. He's like 12 years old, and I got to play soccer with him in Guatemala. And, and soccer is a big deal there. I should say I got schooled by Enrique and his friends playing soccer in Guatemala. But I got to meet him, and he was, he was an awesome kid. In fact, I was trying to act like I was 16 again, and I sprained my ankle. And I was kind of like, no, I'm good. I should have quit, but I kept going. And, uh, you know, pride got in the way. But Enrique has shared his struggles over the years. Over the years, when he goes to bed at night, he has a decision to make. Does he pretend like he's asleep and listen to his mother get beat by his dad? Or does he wake up or get up and actually go to defend his mother and get beat up himself? That's a decision he has to make at night. See, in Guatemala, in a lot of these places, they live in a cornstalk hut, which is the size of most of your bathrooms. No, scratch that. Maybe the size of some of your, 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 your mini closets or your, 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 your hall closet. These are tiny places. So literally he's within feet of all these things are going on. And so he's torn about what to do in the middle of the night. And the good news is, is that this father was convinced by my, my missionary friends basically to go and get some help. Unfortunately, it's a major problem in Guatemala of alcohol and domestic violence. And uh, some other friends of mine said a lady came to their house within a few months of being there, and she had a huge gash on her head. And so what, what happened? So well, I came home, my husband came home from work, and, and dinner wasn't ready, so he hit me with a frying pan. And... They went and talked to this guy and said, what's going on? And he said, well, I came home and dinner wasn't ready. I mean, what do you do? You know, don't you do that? And they're like, well, no, that's not what we do. And so they realized there was an epidemic. There was a big problem. And so they began to minister to people and help them. So the good news is, is after years of dysfunction and abuse and all these problems, this family's getting help. And what he sent me was not only a picture of Enrique crying tears of joy that his dad was getting help, but they had kind of a family reunion. It was the first time that the mom had been around the dad for a while. And as I thought about it, I thought this family's being ministered to. They're learning how to live together, to, to love God and let their family be healed by God. And they're at the beginning of their spiritual journey. 
And so as I, as I saw that email, I began to think about where are you today in your spiritual journey? Where are you at? Are you, are you here today just trying to figure this God thing out? I don't know much about it. What, what is this whole God thing about? And maybe there's a, a crisis in your family. And you're here because you need, you need some real intervention. You need God to help because of the problems in your family. Maybe you just recently began a race, uh, relationship with God and you're just trying to figure out how to be all that God wants you to be. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while. I look around and I know some of you have been Christians for a while. Maybe you're a strong Christian and you're trying to figure out what God wants from you beyond the basics of just Bible 101. Just Christian 101. What is it that God has for me beyond the basics? So God has a, a journey laid out for you no matter where you're at. No matter anybody in this room, no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, God has a, a plan for your spiritual walk. And today, the reason that I'm here is that I want you to know what Jesus' plan for spiritual growth is for his people. I want you to know what Jesus' plan, not my plan, not Journey Church International's plan, which we'll talk about, but what Jesus' plan for spiritual growth for his people and what it is for you individually. So you walk out of here and go, I know what God's plan is for me. I know the steps that I can take in order to be a strong Christian. And we'll also talk about how obviously our church is here and how we can come alongside you and help you to accomplish the goals and the purpose that God has for you. Now, I didn't introduce myself before, but my name is Ryan Holt. And I'm the pastor of spiritual growth here at Journey Church International. And I, I had the opportunity a few months ago in the fall to sit down with Pastor Christian at the Neighborhood Cafe. How many of you love the Neighborhood Cafe here in Lee Summit? Man, that place has some awesome food. And we sat down there and we had a, you know, just a sinful breakfast. I'm just going to be honest with you. It was, you know, biscuits and gravy to the max. And they bring you cinnamon rolls. And it's like, I'm pretty sure I clocked out of there at about 2,500 calories that day. Sorry, Robbie. But uh, hit it pretty hard. And uh, he did too, by the way. And he says, he said, Ryan, if you could do anything for God, what would you do? What, if, what would your, if you could accomplish your spiritual purpose, what would it be? And I looked at him without hesitation, and I said, I love to help people grow spiritually. That's what I believe my purpose on this planet is. I believe God created me, gave me a purpose to help people grow spiritually. I love to do it. It gets me so excited. When I got that, when I got that email, uh, that text from Ed last night, I said, thank you, God. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of his spiritual growth. That stuff just excites me. I get so passionate about it. I was joking with some people. I said, I hope you're all prepared. I'm probably going to speak about three hours today because that's, that's how much I could sit here and talk about it. Not really. I'm not going to do that. But I, I, I could. I, I love it. And, and what I want you to know is that this booth that's right over here, this tent on the other side, is our Next Steps tent. And I want you to know that the purpose of that Next Steps tent is to help people grow spiritually. That is why it's there. So if you're ever thinking, I don't know what to do, where should I go, I'm trying to figure out how to grow spiritually, that is exactly why we have the Next Steps tent there. So today, I hope, I hope to show you that uh, spiritual growth in the Lord, I want to show you how it transformed my life, and I hope to show you how it can transform yours, really no matter where you're at in your spiritual walk with God. And I want to give you some, some real-life examples because I don't know if you realize, but people's lives are changing all around you. I mean, I can kind of do a, a glance and see people who've given their lives to Christ here. They've attended their first small group. They've been baptized here. They've, they've started to memorize Scripture. They have, they have grown in the Lord. And so I want to give some real-life examples. Now, our, our ushers are going to pop up, and, and they've got some Bibles. If you need a Bible or a seminar, I hadn't forgot about you guys. If you need one... Uh, go ahead and do that. And let's go ahead and pray. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure we prayed today before we uh, delivered God's word. Father, we, we love you. And I just thank you that you're here with us. I felt your presence as we worshiped you. And I pray that you felt our, our love and, and our hearts being lifted to you. And I pray now that you'd speak through me. Lord, let it not be my words, but it would be your power. It would be your thundering in the hearts of the people today that they would walk out of here knowing they've heard from you. And Lord, we love you, and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, grab your sermon notes, and we're going to begin to fill these in here in a moment. Now, when you became a Christian, when you become a Christian, you begin a relationship with God. 
not a religious commitment. We don't say, okay, here's your religious commitment sign here. You're now a Christian. You begin a relationship with God. And I want you to realize that your relationship with God has a purpose. Catch, walk with me here. Your relationship with God has a purpose, and it's not just to go to heaven. You know, when I met my, my wife, Heather, and her parents and some of her family are here, and thank you for making a beautiful, I'm allowed to say smoking hot wife. Uh, thank you for making, Pastor Christian, of course, uh, gave uh, uh, four weeks on marriage, and he said, you know, tell your wife once in a while she's smoking hot. Well, mine is, at least I think so, and so thank you for making a beautiful wife, and Patrick's going to have words with me later for that. Um, but when I met my wife, Heather, I wasn't excited about hanging out with her, spending time with her, and getting married with her when we died. Okay? I wasn't looking forward to doing that when we died. In fact, I wanted to spend time with her now. I wanted to have a relationship with her now and for years to come. Now, this is how it translates. Too many people want to have a relationship with God when they die. I want to go to heaven, but I don't really want a relationship with him now. And God wants a relationship with you now and for years to come, including eternity in heaven. Not just when you die and stand before him. Now, God's purpose for you is to become a disciple. And I'll have to admit that when I became a Christian 15 years ago, I didn't know what that word meant. And so I'm assuming perhaps some of you today don't exactly know what that means or what, even if you've been a Christian a while, you may not exactly know what God's purpose for, uh, for a disciple is. But as a, a disciple is a fully devoted follower of Christ, a passionate Christian. A disciple, here's what I want you to do. I want you to equate this. A disciple is a passionate Christian. A disciple is a passionate Christian. In fact, open up your Bibles to Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20, and you'll see Jesus' words here as he's talking to the disciples as he's about to be taken up to heaven. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Here's what I want you to do. So you'll never be confused again. I want you to circle the word disciples in your Bible and right above it, write passionate Christian, passionate Christian. Go therefore and make passionate Christians of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. You see, discipleship or spiritual growth. Discipleship is spiritual growth. You got that? Discipleship is spiritual growth. It's got to be an intentional process that's part of your everyday life okay it needs to be part of your everyday not life not just not just something you do on sundays or not just something you do a couple of times a year uh, no one ever became an olympic marathon runner staring at the treadmill i've tried it it doesn't work i've tried to, to get better at sprints just watching someone else do it it doesn't work you have got to get on the treadmill. You have got to, to do what's necessary in order to become a strong and powerful Christian that does some amazing things for God. So as we, as we look at the Bible, we see that, that Jesus began his ministry. And what did he do? He selected 12 disciples. Now, they didn't just all of a sudden become superheroes for God, did they? He walked alongside them for three years until he finally said, I think you guys got this. You ready? And they're kind of like, huh, what, what, what? We got to do what? They were, they were a little nervous. And you may be a little nervous as a new Christian or as someone who's been a Christian a few years. Hey, you really want me to talk to my neighbor? No, you. You're the pastor. You come over and do that. Now, you really want me to, to hand out these flyers at work about God? No, no, no. You, you do that. No, Jesus came alongside. He selected 12 disciples. He trained them up. And he spent three years getting them ready to go make a difference in the world. How many of you know Journey Church International's mission statement? It's this. We exist to, pe to see people who are far from God become passionate Christians who make a difference in the world. Did you hear that? We exist to see people far from God. Maybe you're not as far from God as the next guy. Maybe you're a long ways from God. But wherever you're at in your journey... We exist to see you become passionate about Christ to go make a difference in the world. And so Jesus laid out a plan, and, and we as a church have tried to duplicate that through what we call 
our personalized spiritual growth plan. And it's one of our four E's is to equip people. Equip people with a personalized spiritual growth plan. And really what that is, is a series of six classes that will begin in the future. And you'll be able to take these six uh, classes that have different elements of your spiritual growth in them. And so today what I'm going to do is I'm going to share these with you today in six key steps to fulfilling your spiritual purpose. So if you have your, your sermon notes, grab those. And as you think about it, examine where you are today. Examine where you think you are on these six key steps. And then what you'll find as we go through the rest of them, hopefully you'll figure out where you need to go. And uh, I want to give you some real clear direction. I don't know about you, but I like getting real clear directions. Just, you know, show me what's next, what's next. That's why I love the little GPS. Turn here, turn here, turn here, bang, you're there. And that's what I want to do. These six steps, I want to give you clear direction. So without a doubt, if you'll follow these, because it's Jesus' plan and not mine, I believe you'll be right in the midst of God's will for your life. So the first one, step number one is you've got to begin a, a relationship with God. Now, for every one of us in this room, there has to be a time when we, we recognize we're a sinner, not difficult, uh, and then we ask God to forgive us of our sins. And, and what I hear from time to time is people go, well, I, you know, I've been, I've been a Christian my whole life. Well, there's certain things that are just not biblically accurate. No one has been a Christian their whole life, meaning someone might say, well, I was born a Christian because I grew up in church. That doesn't equate biblically to be, being a Christian. Someone might say, well, I was, I was baptized as a baby, so I'm a Christian. That doesn't, that doesn't add up biblically to what it means to be a Christian. Someone might say, uh, well, I'm, I'm a good person. I do more good than I do bad. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't equate to what the Bible says, not what I say, but what the Bible says about what is a Christian. If you look at the Bible, you see that people became Christians when, again, they realized they were a sinner. They turned away from their sins. If their sin was that way, they said, God, I want to repent. I want to turn away from my sins, and I want to walk towards the cross. I want to walk towards you. And then they believed that Jesus died for their sins to give them forgiveness, and they accepted Christ into their life. That's, it's something that happened to me 15 years ago, and it transformed my life forever. Acts 3.19 says this, repent, or that, that word just means turn away from, turn away from your sin then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And then 2 Corinthians 5.17, I love this verse, I, I love to share it with people who are new believers. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. The old is gone and the new is here. You're a new creation. Spiritually, God now looks at you as if you've never sinned. Thank goodness. Hallelujah. Right? If I think of the things that I've done, thank goodness he's forgiven me. So if you're, if you're confused today about whether or not you're a Christian, then I just say this. Come talk to us. That's why we're here. It, it, it is important it's way too important of a decision in your life not to get clarification on it. You might say, well, I think I am, but I'm not sure. Okay, then just come talk to us. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to kick you out of the church. We're not going to send you down the road. We'll just walk with you and love you through it. If you'd like, take your connection card and write on there, I'd like to talk to someone about my relationship with God. And we'll and drop it in the offering and we'll follow up with you. We, we have lunch, we can have coffee, we can have a phone call. We'd love to talk with you because the last thing I'd ever want is someone to walk out of here and never have a real understanding of whether or not they have a relationship with God. Now, when you become a Christian, you, you, you begin this relationship with Jesus. And then God begins to change your life. Uh, he, he begins to change your attitude towards loving people and towards serving him and towards and towards living righteously and towards being all that God wants you to be. There's a guy here at the church who's in our, our Friday morning small group. And he had an opportunity recently to have some friends over to watch a basketball game. And, and, and the guys hadn't seen him in a while. And, he you know, is evident some changes had been made in his life. And they said, hey, where have you been? What's been going on? And without hesitation... He just said, well, you know, I've been, I've been coming to small group on Friday mornings. I've been going to t church on Sundays, and, and I've been playing basketball with some guys on Wednesday night. And just, you know, I've really enjoyed what God's been doing in my life. And that was kind of it. Pass the chips. 
And, and, and as he's sitting there, he said his friend just goes, you know what, I used to go to church. Maybe I'll get back into church. And so it became evident that God, because he had a relationship with Jesus, God began to change his life. And it was already having fruit on a friend of his who just came over to watch a basketball game. Now, when, once you receive Christ as your Savior, there's, there's a next step that you need to take, and that is baptism. Biblically, we see that people believed and then they were baptized. And you see in Acts 2.41, it says, Those who accepted his message or accepted the truth of Jesus Christ were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to the number that day. So here's what I want you to do. You have a, inside your sermon notes today, you have this little bapt, baptism card that we made up. And if you've not been baptized, you're not signing your life on the line that you're going to get baptized on May 6th. That is when we're doing it next. We'd like you to, but we'd just love to talk to you about it. If you know you've received the Lord and you haven't been baptized, I'd like you to, to, to sign this, put it in the offering. We'll follow up with you. This is the next step that Jesus would call you to, the next step of, of, of growing closer to the Lord and what, what God would call us to in obedience. So take this, uh, this next step and do that. So the first step is you've got to begin a relationship with God. And step number two uh, the key step is to fulfilling your purpose is you have to engage in authentic relationships with other Christians. And if there's one thing that I've learned in life, and I, let me see if you agree with me, life is about relationships. Every single day you are interacting with friends, with family, with in-laws, with, with uh, extended family, with coworkers, with neighbors, and you have relationships with these people. And I believe that God has these in our life for, for a reason. And so Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says this, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. At, at Journey Church International, we, we see healthy relationships come together in small groups. And I, I've been hearing some amazing stories of the connections that have been made of people who are making friends and growing spiritually. Making friends and growing spiritually. I told Pastor Christian in a staff meeting the other day, I said, it's been great as I look around church, I see people who didn't know each other 30 days ago. They're sitting together. They're having coffee together out here. I'm hearing about them going to lunch together. They're encouraging each other. They're having healthy Christian relationships in their life. Another friend of mine who couldn't be here today, um, he's in a, a small group with us, and I have the opportunity to ride to the small group with him. And on more than one occasion, he has said, Ryan, this small group is an answer to prayer. He said, I needed a group of guys like this around me. He said, this small group was an answer to prayer. I needed a group of guys like this around me. And the reason why is that Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I don't know if you found that to be true. If you haven't, you need that type of relationship in your life. And so here we have, we have men's groups. We have women's groups. We have spiritual growth uh, groups. We have all types of small groups where you can get involved and people uh, will love on you. They'll care for you. You'll have someone to talk to, someone to encourage you. And let's face it, sometimes you've got someone to kick you in the tail. There's been times where I need someone to kick me in the tail. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need someone to do that to me. And when I've got some friends around me who do so in the name of love and they, they do so because they care about me, I don't get offended by it. I'm like, hey, man, I, thank you. I needed that. And that's the kind of thing that we need. So step number two is to engage in authentic relationships with other Christians. This is essential. So get in a small group. And you can always get signed up for a small group at the Next Steps tent or online. There are opportunities to get connected. Number three, the third way to, to fulfill your spiritual purpose is to begin spending time alone with God in order to know him better. I'm going to talk a lot about small groups because these are things that are important to me. But in our men's small group on Friday, we've been encouraging each other and obviously reading our Bible, but also in memorizing scripture. 
And there's about eight of us who've decided we're going to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. And you might say, holy cow, I'm never going to a small group if I've got to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. You don't have to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. We just did it to try to sharpen ourselves, and we've been enjoying it. And that, I don't know if you know what the Sermon on the Mount is. That's not like, God's good, be cool, be clean. I mean, it's, it's 111 verses. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And the point I'm making is that memorization has become a continual sermon that we're preaching. We've, we've given some different examples of how while we're living our life, all of a sudden we're like, oh man, I gotta be a peacemaker. I gotta go, I gotta go reconcile that relationship. Oh wait a minute, I'm the light of the world. I gotta, I gotta stop doing that. I've gotta proclaim Jesus. Wait a minute, I'm the salt of the earth. Man, I've got, I've gotta stand up for what's right. Hey, I've gotta avoid lusting after another woman. That, you know, Matthew, uh, in chapter 5 tells me not to lust after another woman. Wait a minute. Matthew chapter uh, 5 verse 11 tells me that I'm blessed when I'm persecuted. Anybody ever been persecuted for your faith? You bet. As I'm preaching this continual sermon in my head and in my heart, I recognize that I'm going to be blessed. And in fact, he says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Man, talk about a, a, a revival sermon I can have instead of feeling deflated because someone's persecuted. I can go, bring it on, bring it on, man. You're just adding wings to my mansion in heaven or whatever. You're blessing me, God. So it's become a continual sermon in our hearts and we're becoming more like Jesus. First Timothy chapter 4, 7 and 8 says, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So we see that there's some spiritual exercises that you can do as you spend time alone with God. Obviously having some time in in, in God's word every day. And if you're struggling, maybe you don't even know where to begin. On our website, on Journey Church's website, there is a spot where you can see a Bible reading and not just a plan. But kind of some concepts to think about what books of the Bible you might read now and then later. It'll give you an idea of kind of a nice little process. So in a year's time, you'll know exactly where God would want you to be in his word. But as I've spent time in God's word, hopefully like it's done for you, it has sharpened me. It's helped me to realize, wait a minute, I don't need to be doing that. Or I need to watch what I say. Or I need to be slow to speak because... Man's righteousness or man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So as I'm spending time in his word, it is sharpening me. It is encouraging me. It's helping me to become the man God wants me to be. You obviously need to have time in prayer. You've got to find a time every day to spend time with God just saying, God, I need you. Lead me. What do you want, to, what do you want me to do in my life, God? Journaling is something that many people will do, and it's just basically writing some prayers out to God. Saying, God, here's what's on my heart. Here's, here's how my day went. I found this so encouraging in your word today. And, and it can become a spiritual legacy that you can then pass on to somebody else. Uh, of course, meditation on God's word, memorization, and then Christian radio. I don't know if you listen to K-Love lately or any Christian radio station, but K-Love I say in particular because they've, they've been having like a challenge lately. Listen to Christian radio for 30 days and see if it transforms your life. And I guarantee it will, because years ago, I listened to things that did the opposite. See, here's the cross. Instead of the music bringing me to God, guess where it was sending me? All my thoughts were in the wrong direction. Everything I was planning, everything I wanted to do was, was not the things that would honor God. So think about it. These are things, these are exercises, spiritual exercises that help us to become passionate followers of Jesus. I don't know about you, and, I, and I've, some of you that know me, I've said this before, I, yes, I train my body physically, and I try to get in shape. No laughing from the the, uh, the buddies in the front here. I'm, I'm trying. I'm working on that. But you know what? And even more importantly, you know what I'd like to look like for my kids? Yes, I want Mason, my son, to go, Dad, you got big muscles, and I want my girls to see big muscles. But more importantly, I want to look like the Incredible Hulk on the inside. I want to be the most spiritual Hulk in, on the planet. So they go, man, that is the nicest, godliest, most amazing dad ever. He loves God, and I want to be just like him. And these spiritual exercises are what's going to make it happen in your life and in my life. So time with God is what makes your relationship stronger. And I want to, I want to share with you one thing. Remember that we don't go through these spiritual disciplines to become puffed up. 
You know, you can become puffed up on knowledge. You can you could quote 500 verses. You can understand all of theology and miss becoming a passionate Christian and you become no more than the the people that Jesus rejected, which were the Pharisees who had it all memorized and knew everything and, and walked around holy and righteous, more righteous than everybody else. So I, I want you to do spiritual disciplines, but I want you to make sure that as you know God's word, you let the love of Jesus come out in your life. You don't become a pharisaical person who is judgmental and nobody likes you because you're so holy and righteous. Make sure that you allow the love of Christ to come out in your life. In fact, I say that because Paul warns us of that. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Listen to what he says. Knowledge puffs up or makes us proud. And then he says, but love builds up. Think about that as you, as you go about in your spiritual disciplines. I think one of the main things that we want to do is we want to give off the fragrance of Christ. We want to give off the fragrance of Christ. 2 Corinthians two fifteen and 16 says this. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. Have you ever been to a, a restaurant? And sometimes there's certain restaurants where they're, they're frying a lot of food and you just know they've got all this you know, maybe they're cooking at the walk right in front of you. Where do you think all that grease goes? You know, you, you leave there and you're like, man, I smell like that restaurant. I worked in a restaurant for years in high school and college, and I would go home, and man, I smelled like the restaurant for hours and hours. So my, I had a thought as I, as I was thinking about this. What do you smell like? What do you smell like? Now, I'm not saying do one of these, uh, but my uncle, my uncle Tim, uh, I love my uncle Tim, and he calls cologne or perfume, he calls it love juice. He says, man, let me put on some of my love juice. And he has a few other names for it, but I'm not going to share those with you this morning. They wouldn't be appropriate at all. But, but he, he'll talk about, he, you know, he's, he's never been married. He doesn't have kids. So he was always, you know, a real cool uncle. And he'd be like, man, I'm going to put on my love juice for the ladies, you know. I'm thinking, oh, man, Uncle Tim. And uh, so as I thought about it on the spiritual side here, I thought, you know what? What better way to think about your day is have you put on your spiritual love juice for God? Have you basked in the aroma of God's word? I believe that you will smell like what you're around. If you're basking in God's love, if you're basking in the memorization of his word, if you're basking in the praise and worship of of, of song to him, I'll tell you this, you're going to smell like a person who lives for God. And I don't mean smell like smell. I mean it just comes out of you. You are the fragrance of Christ. So think about that. Have you every day, did you in the morning, what do you do? I've got some friends and, and, and some people I know that, man, they don't put one squirt of cologne on. It is like, you know, every part of their body has cologne on them. I mean, they just give off the smell of cologne. And, it, and, and they wouldn't leave the house without that. But I thought, how many people get up and leave their day and they haven't even thought of God before they're halfway through their day? And it means you, there's a good chance you're not giving off any sort of spiritual aroma, any fragrance for God. Well, to help you in some spiritual disciplines, I wanted to share what we're going to be doing. The week after Easter, the week after Easter, if you'd like, for those who need some help, we're going to start a Christian basic small group. Christian basic small group. And it's going to be four weeks long, and it's going to be right back in here, the room that we were in before. It's not the biggest, but it works. And uh, we're going to just teach some real biblical basics and some real, we're going to grab some Bibles, show you how to find the books of the Bible and some real practical things to help you. So if you'd like to sign up for that again, I'm going to point you every time. The Next Steps tent is where spiritual growth happens. So stop by there. There's a sign-up sheet if you want to be a part of that. It'll be at like 9 in the morning. It'll get over right, you know, 15, 20 minutes before service starts. So you can come and be a part of that starting on April 15th the week after Easter. So, the, in fact, if you'd uh, like, you can mark it on your connection card as well. Just say, hey, I want to be a part of that Christian basic small group. Uh, so begin uh, to spend time alone with God. The fourth one is that we need to be fulfilling your God-given purpose on earth by serving God. How many of you are aware that uh, near St. Louis there are some Panera Breads 
Actually, there's one of them there. There's a, another one somewhere else in the country. And they're pay-what-you-can cafes. Anybody heard of the pay-what-you-can cafes? I'd never heard of them before, and I saw an article uh, in the USA Today, and I, I began to read about it. And their slogan is, take what you need, leave your fair share. Take what you need. So you can go up and say, I'll take a bagel and a coffee. Cost five bucks. I only got a dollar. You can pay a dollar. If you have nothing, you can pay nothing. Now, if you come up to the register and it costs five bucks and you want to leave six bucks, you can leave six bucks to maybe help somebody else. And uh, basically the way they say these things are operating is that 20% of the people that come in are giving more than the suggested price, suggested price. 60% are giving what it costs, and 20% are either giving nothing or less than. And so what's happening is the 20% are paying for the 20% who can't pay. Now, finances aside, I'm not here giving any sort of message about that. Finances aside, when I thought about this, I thought, are you serving? Are you part of the 20% who is serving and doing your part to perhaps help those who can't, uh, who, who are in need, who, who need help in the community or who, who need help here at the church? Are you, I believe a major part of spiritual growth is serving God and doing what he would call us to do. Unfortunately, we've all heard of the 80-20 rule. And I don't know that that's the plan that God has. He doesn't want 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Um, so think about where you're at. Are you part of the, the, the 20% and hopefully someday the 100% that is serving and doing what God is calling you to do to be a part of the church, to be a part of the community, be a part of uh, serving around the world? Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 13 says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, built up, encourage more people coming, more people touched for, for the cause of Christ uh, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Uh, at the... Next Steps tent that I'll continue today. If I accomplish one thing, you'll know where to go for spiritual growth here at the church. Uh, you can grab one of these Get Plugged In cards, and it will allow you to take a look at where you can serve within Journey Church International. And you can check a box, and we're not asking you to serve every week. We're not asking you to you know, be here 17 hours a day. Just find out where you can, you can be a part of serving and uh, being a part of what God's plan is for you. Now, we'll also help you. We'll have a volunteer orientation, usually once a month, once every other month, where we'll come give you a tour of the place and help you to understand how you can get involved. We can help you get a spiritual gifts assessment, uh, a spiritual shape assessment, look at what you're talented at. But we have fun together. I mean, this morning, we were joking around back in the VHQ. Luis, we were volunteering back, or joking around in the VHQ this morning. And uh, we, we just, we have a good time. We have fellowship. We eat together, but the VHQ is our volunteer headquarters. And behind the scenes, there's a number of people that make this happen. And we have fellowship, and we have a good time together. And then you can also serve in the community. We had people yesterday that were over at Coldwater working in their food pantry. And we would love to have you involved in that. Again, guess where you can sign up for that? Everybody? The Next Steps tent. Right over here, you can sign up for that. Also, Hope Faith. will be at Hope Faith soon. And this uh, time we're, when we go to Hope Faith, we're actually going to be walking around with homeless people, helping them find uh, some clothing and praying with them there at the Hope Faith Center. So these are opportunities that you can get involved in. And I want you to begin to think about, are you teaching your kids these types of things? Are you modeling these values to your family? My son Mason's with me today. Unfortunately, my wife is home with three of our kids who are sick. And, uh, yeah, they've all had 102, 103, 140 degree temperatures the last few days. So, of course, we kept them out of here. But Mason was healthy, and he came with me. And Mason comes every week at 7 a.m. with me. He comes every week to help set up the church. Now, there may be a little donut bribery in there. There may be a little bit of a donut bribery in there. But he loves to come. I mean, he literally says, Dad, wake me up in the morning. Wait, you better wake me up in the morning, Dad. You know, not only do we have some dad time, some father-son time, but I'm teaching him how to be a servant. I'm teaching him how to serve God. He'll come and help with a pipe and drape or tear something down. I mean, sometimes it's not always productive, but he, uh, 
He's here and he's learning how to serve. And, and I want to encourage you to make that a part of the culture of your family, that people just know that family is the best serving family I've ever seen. Now, Jesus came to serve. That's exactly why he came. And in Matthew chapter 20, uh, 28, it says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, doesn't it make sense if the King of Kings and Lord of Lords came to serve that we ought to do the same thing? We should do the same thing as part of our spiritual growth. Moving along here, the fifth step in your, in your spiritual growth is to go into all the world with the story of Jesus. And we shared this verse at the beginning, but in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, just the beginning. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I had the opportunity in January, as I mentioned, to go down and, and help some people in Guatemala. One of the greatest experiences of my life. I just had an amazing time, and I'm actually working with them right now. Lord willing, we will have a trip where some of you can go with us later in the fall. And uh, we're going to have an opportunity to go down and, and hopefully uh, build a house or two and be involved in some of the projects and ministering uh, to the people, loving on them, bringing them supplies. It's just an amazing opportunity. So we want to present you opportunities where you can go out into the world. Uh, we have uh, Jill and Brad McElyea with us today that we're going to hear from uh, a little bit later in the service. And they're in, they're in India. And actually, Pastor Dave and Pastor Christian are going to be in India here in a, in a few weeks uh, getting a, a view of what's going on there and seeing how God's working and how we can continue to partner with them and be a part of how they're changing the lives of these young girls. How many of you have seen, and I don't, I don't vouch for the movie, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the trailer, and it just fires me up every time. It's called Machine Gun Preacher. Um, it's yeah, Machine Gun Preacher. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, pledge uh, to know exactly how he does things, but he was, uh, he was a guy who, who got radically saved. He was, he was uh, basically a, a drug dealer and just a mess, and God totally changed his life. And he saw on TV these people in Sudan who were just, they had no, no, no food. They were being killed, onslaughted by by the, the crisis going on there in the Sudan, he said, I'm going. So he goes over there, and he, he starts building an orphanage, and it gets blown up. And then I actually think he gets a, an Uzi and a couple other things. And, and he, he uh, that's the machine gun preacher. Again, I don't vow for everything that he's doing here. But the point is, is he had a passion to go over there and help these people in the name of Jesus. And, and he just said, the Bible tells me to go. I'm going to go. And And... Maybe that was a bad example. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to go if I'm going to need a machine gun. But we, we all have a role in the Great Commission. And as I thought about it, I thought, what is your role? Maybe you've been a Christian 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 6 months. What is your role in the Great Commission to taking disciples to all the world? Step 6, we'll, we'll conclude here. I, I want to encourage you to live a life, to live a life of spiritual legacy by making more disciples. Maybe you're here today and you're more mature in your faith. You've been a Christian five years, ten years, thirty years. And, may, and maybe you're kind of wondering what God's plan is for you in the next ten years of your life, next thirty years of your life. I went to a funeral. I performed a funeral yesterday uh, for an awesome lady who is 95 years old, and she would be 96 in a couple of weeks. And she, they had displayed out there her Bibles where she had taken notes in for like 35 years. And it was just amazing to see the legacy that she had left in the family. They all knew her to be an awesome, uh, an awesome woman of God. And I thought about it and I thought that's exactly how I hope all of us can be seen someday. That people will look at us and say, what a spiritual legacy they left. Not only for the way they lived, but how they developed people around them. And, and the purpose is, is that we want to encourage people to live a life of spiritual legacy who then go out and lead other people to become passionate Christians. It's one thing to become a passionate Christian yourself, but I think it's another thing to go out and say, you know what, over the years God has given me the opportunity to take these five men or these 20 men or these 100 men or these 1,000 men and transform them into passionate Christians. And, I, and maybe you're here today and you're thinking, what is it the next step for me as a mature believer? And it may very well be that, that God's saying to you, grab some men around you and take them to spiritual greatness. 
help them to become mature in their faith. Like Jesus did, like Paul did, we see in Timothy here, 1 Timothy chapter 1, it says, To Timothy, my son in the faith. To Timothy, my son in the faith. And so we have these, these amazing biblical examples of people passing the spiritual baton, so to speak. You have served God so long and you finally say, you know what, I've trained you up. Now take this baton and go run with it and go reach the next 50 years of people. I've trained you up. Go do it. And this is, uh, I think, an opportunity for us as a church to train up an entire generation uh, of leaders for God. It's one thing to just say, hey, can you stand here and, and lead and do this? I think it's another thing that when we can, we can take people and say, let me walk with you and make you strong so you then can go make more passionate Christians. You can, you can just have an entire value in your life where I want to look around and see people, not just for what they can do to serve, but how I can turn them into someone passionate about being a Christian. Now, there's, a, there's an amazing movie that I would encourage you to see, and it's called Seven Days in Utopia. Anybody seen Seven Days in Utopia? Seven Days in Utopia. I read that book several years ago, and I passed it around to some, some uh, friends of mine and, and my, my grandpa and an uncle of mine. And it's an, it's an amazing one. Robert Duvall is in it. And Robert Duvall is this, uh, this old golf pro and, and just really an awesome, awesome old guy. Well, Robert Duvall in the movie plugs into this young guy who's lost his way. What happens in the movie is this guy just tanks in a golf tournament. He just literally loses. He could, he could break the records. He could be awesome. But he totally tanks. And as he's, he leaves, he storms off. He's driving around. He swerves to miss, I think, a cow, and he crashes in this field. And it happens in the middle of nowhere, Utopia, Texas. He, uh, he begins to... Uh, realized that he's in the middle of a, a, a golf driving range and he looks over and he sees Robert Duvall and Robert Duvall kind of takes him under his wing and over the next seven days he pours his life into him he pours godly principles into him he ends up leading this young man to Christ and this young man's whole future is transformed for the cause of Christ he begins to realize that golf isn't everything in his life that Jesus Christ is everything in his life and then obviously God blesses him in his efforts as he golfs. But again, if you're here today and you're mature in your faith and you're trying to figure out what are the next steps for me, you've got to realize that God is looking to raise up an entire generation and that means he needs you to plug into some people. If you're leading a small group, you have an awesome opportunity to do that. If you've got a neighborhood that you have influence in, you have an awesome opportunity to reach them for Christ and then plug into them and help them to become great people for Christ. And I can tell you that there's no greater blessing that's been in my life than to get to plug into people and help them to become passionate Christians. I'd ask this, who are your children and grandchildren in the faith? Who are your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren in the faith? No matter where you're at in your relationship with God today, no matter where you're at, you're on a journey. And it's a, it's a journey where there's going to be some crazy adventures. There's going to be some easy ones. There's going to be some tough ones. But every one of us are on a spiritual journey here in our life. And if you'll take these six key steps that Jesus modeled for us in, in making disciples, then I think you'll realize you'll be able to, to leave this amazing spiritual legacy for years to come. Now I want to conclude with this thought. Let's say you're sitting here today and you want to know in 2012, what can I do for God? In 2013, remember I said Jesus took three years? I'm going to take about three minutes and close out here. In 2012, maybe you begin to read your Bible every day. You just right now know that I'm not doing that. You, re you begin to read your Bible every day for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. You join a small group for some fellowship and spiritual growth. And maybe you find an area, the third thing is you find an area to serve and you get plugged in and you start serving once a month. Those three things would take you on a, on a climb in your spiritual walk. Maybe in 2013 you take that area of service and you, you become a leader and you begin to develop some people around you. Uh, maybe secondly, you make it a goal to, to list some people you know need the Lord and you begin to talk to them. You begin to invite them to church. Maybe the next thing is you begin to memorize key scriptures and you realize, hey, this isn't too tough to memorize a few scriptures that will encourage me in my walk. In 2014, maybe you're thinking, you know, that's down the road. That's okay. Maybe you take a missions trip. 
Maybe you spiritually mentor someone and turn them into a passionate Christian. And then maybe you lead a small group. So you have kind of a three years down the road. This is what I'm going to do for God. Well, you know how Christians have been giving us some, some walking questions. And I want to end with these walking questions. I want you to think about these. These are some questions I want you to write down in your sermon or that you can think about this week. Number one, have I become a Christian? Have I, have I even become a Christian? Have I taken step number one? Number two, have I been baptized since becoming a Christian? Have I been baptized since becoming a Christian? If not, I would encourage you to take that next step. Where am I in my spiritual growth? Number three. Where am I? Take a look at those six things and figure out where you are. Where am I? Maybe talk to your spouse. Maybe talk to an accountability partner. Where am I in my spiritual growth? And number four would be, what is my next step? God, what is the next step for me? Look at it and begin to take it this week. Say, by next week, I'm going to begin to take my next spiritual step. Well, God is good. And I want to just close in prayer because I recognize today there may be some who are here today that have not begun that relationship with Christ. They've never, they've never said, God, I need you. Come into my life. And so with every head bowed, I, I want to close now giving people an opportunity to pray to receive Christ as their, as their Savior. Father, I know there's some folks here today that perhaps are confused in their life of where they are with you. And maybe today they understand that they need you. They recognize that they're a sinner. And they need Jesus Christ in their life to forgive them and give them eternal life, but to give them a real relationship with you. And so with everyone quietly seated and just reflecting in their heart, praying to God, I pray that if you're here today and you'd like to to receive Christ as your Savior, that you'd pray this prayer with me. Dear God, thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. Come into my life. I want to be a Christian. I want a relationship with you. Thank you for loving me. And Lord, I want to pray for others who are today maybe stagnant in their spiritual growth. They haven't grown in a while. They haven't read their Bible much. They don't pray much. They're not serving. They they have no idea what their purpose is on this planet. I pray, Lord, that you'd help them this week. Father, to figure that out. That they would pray this prayer. Dear God, I need your direction in my life. I need your your power. I need your wisdom to know how to serve you. Help me to know where I'm at in these, these steps of discipleship, these steps of spiritual growth, these steps to become a passionate Christian. Father, help me to take them. Lord, we love you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to I close out today and in a